Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. Our goal is to keep you in the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insight, and advice. This podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the technical leaders in specialty tax services. And today on our first ever podcast, I'm very thrilled to have on the line with me today is Tim Jipping. I'll give you a little introduction on, on Tim. I had the, actually the, uh, the, the good fortune of meeting Tim about a year ago at a, a conference in Chicago, got introduced to him and actually was immediately intrigued. And, and, and to that point, I told you what our goal of the show is. And just as to continue that introduction, my goal personally is just to talk to people that I find interesting, that I think have interesting stories, that I think can teach us all something about whatever it is, business, life, uh, anything that comes into play. But I'm just looking to tell you or bring you interesting stories. So, so to that end, a little introduction on Tim. Tim is the owner of Journey Advisors and CPAs, which he started in 2018. This next thing is what originally intrigued me with Tim. Tim was recently listed on CPA Practice Advisor as one of the top 40 CPAs under 40 in the accounting profession, uh, which we'll definitely expand on as we go here today. Uh, I know Tim's written articles that have been published on various topics and various journals because I've read them and, and I find them interesting as well. And as important, I think, at least for me personally today, Tim also is a podcaster. He has a podcast that's called The Journey View, uh, which I've had the good fortune of listening to over the last couple of weeks and, and have learned a lot. And so, if nothing else, which I'm sure there'll be plenty else in our conversation today, but if nothing else, uh, Tim will be able to hold my hand as we get through this uh, first podcast. So, Tim, welcome to the show. Did I miss anything there? No, I think you covered it well. Thanks for having me, Randy. Oh, no, no. I appreciate you being on, especially being the guinea pig here on our, our first ever episode. So, so let's, let's get right into it. And we can veer anywhere we want to go with this. But, but really, I'm, I, like I said, I'm interested and I'm intrigued by, by these stories. And I, I, I kind of want to expand on your story. But I want to start with your life in public accounting and how that occurred. Did you know early on, you know, as a high schooler or even before that CPA was the path you wanted to go down? Uh, if I did, that would be a little bit scary in my <laughs> mind, but um, my, my dad was a CPA. Okay. And so I grew up in a household where I was exposed to it, whether I liked it or not. And, and frankly, for many years, I didn't really know what he did. All right. I just went to the office and uh, was really busy during certain months of the year. And I'd wait for him to come home and, and just want to play with him. Right. I, so I didn't really know anything about the profession. In fact, my goal in high school was to become an actor. That's what I was going to do. I was all set to, to go to a school out in New York City and, and study acting and musical theater. And for whatever reason, just something in, in my head said, you don't really want to do this, do you? You don't really <laughs> want to uh, go down this path. And, and it could be a pretty you know, difficult journey. It might be fun. And, and what that said to me was I just didn't want it all that much. You know, I enjoyed doing uh, theater and, and performing as a hobby, but uh, not something that I wanted to pursue as a profession. So I just figured I'd 
go to school and figure it out when I got there. And, and so I went to a school near my home in Michigan. I was born and raised on the mean streets of Jenison, Michigan. Right. Um, that's where I got my fighting skills, I think. But anyways, went to a school in Grand Rapids, Michigan. All my friends were going there. I thought I'd just go into business and figure it out. Okay. Um, I thought I might be a salesperson or something, but I didn't, again, I, you know, 18 years old, I didn't even really know what that entailed either. So um, no, I did not know that this is what I wanted to do until uh, I, I got into college and learned a little bit more about it. So I'm assuming a couple of years in, uh, the accounting path came in. You, I'm assuming you graduated with an accounting degree then? Is that correct? I did. That's right. Yep. yep. Okay. By the end of, of uh, schooling, that was, the, that was the goal, right? I was going to become a CPA, get, get the, the number of credits that I needed, take all the courses, uh, apply for the exam, and, and go that route and, and go right into public accounting. So by the end of that four and a half years, um, that's that's where I, I ended up. And, and yeah, you take accounting courses pretty early on, all business majors do. And uh, it's one of the first courses you take. And that's a good gating process, I'd say. It kind mm -hmm. of weeds out the people that don't really like it or, or don't really catch on too quickly, which is, I think, most people. Um, and then for us lucky or unlucky few w w that get it, we're like, man, this is this is kind of easy or, or, you know, it comes a little bit easier right. saying, man, this, people actually get paid for, for putting numbers in columns and, and putting them in different buckets. Yeah, I think I could do that. So it clicked. And, and, and again, I had that family exposure to it with my dad. And, and then I began to really understand what it was, what it was like to be a CPA, what it was like to work in a firm, what it was like to serve clients and uh, thought, you know, I, I could really go down this path. A lot of people will say too, you know, accounting and finance is, you know, it's the backbone of, of business. It's the language of business even. And, and that intrigued me too. I thought, you know, whatever I end up doing in my career, this will be good to know. That was my thought process back then. No, it's definitely a good skill to have, no matter what your path takes you down. I think having that knowledge, I agree, can take you to a lot of different places. So, so that's great. I mean, as a, I, I guess a quick story on my end. My son is currently in grad school, uh, getting a master's in accounting, and I had no idea where that came from. Well, I do now, I guess. Obviously, it came from me, but he had showed no interest. And I think just getting those skills for anybody, my son, anybody out there, getting those skills can help you tremendously. So I, I think that's great advice. I appreciate that. So, so transitioning then from, from school, um, I know you went to work for Plant Moran. Was that immediately after college then? Yeah, that's right. Yep. I started working actually as a, as a clerk. So finishing up the, the 150 credit hour requirement, the school I went to, Calvin College in Grand Rapids, didn't have a master's program. In fact, a lot of schools didn't at that time. They were still trying to feel out this whole 150 credit hour requirement. It was still somewhat new, maybe five years old or something. And there weren't a lot of master's programs out there. So I just took an extra semester and, and took maybe nine or 10 credits. And during that, I was working full-time as well as a, as a clerk, doing some AP, AR, processing some purchase orders, some things like that for an engineering firm. But yes, right when I finished the last few credit hours in, in that semester, I started working with Plant Moran uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, and, that, and that's where they're headquartered, isn't it? They're in Michigan somewhere? Yeah, they, uh, they cover Michigan uh, like a blanket. Um, they're headquartered in Southfield, 
okay. Michigan, which is just just north of Detroit, and um, many offices in Michigan. Uh, I, I don't know if this was ever a tagline, but I always liked to say the great firm of the Great Lakes because oh, it's just right around. It's in Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, and and uh, now out in Colorado and all over the world, India, China, Japan. So yeah, it really has grown tremendously even since I started there. So you're going to have to get into marketing here, coming up with taglines and all that. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I must have heard that somewhere. There's no way that I'm creative <laughs> enough to think of that. Right. You know, not some people... stretch or anything. I was going to say, some people may not think as CPAs were creative, but I've seen a lot of creative CPAs out there. Maybe not doing with the creative accounting, but just creative sure. people in general. So, yeah. so I'm going to get rid of that stigma. Yes. There are some uh, creative CPAs in the industry. So I do want to go a little more into your background, but I do want to get to where you are today and and, and how you got there and that. But just briefly then, I know you at some point, well, you must have been on a high trajectory at at Plant Moran because of the 40 under 40 that we'll talk about as well. But I know at some point you left there and went back. I'm just curious, you know, what, why, what were the reasonings and and of both leaving and coming back? Yeah, well, Public accounting can be tough. I, I don't think there's any secret about that. Anyone who's worked in a firm, it, it can be a grind at times. I mean, there's certain periods of the year that that require a lot out of you, and um, and it's a great education, uh, that's for sure, and, and a wonderful training ground. But you know, it can certain times of the year, certain times of the week, you can kind of start to look around and wonder you know, maybe, maybe I don't want to do this forever. And uh, there was a point in my career where that happened. I think it was just probably a lot of things came together, um, was a new dad. The way I describe it uh, to, to a lot of people is I got an email from a recruiter on the right or wrong day, depending on how you look at it, and mm-hmm. um, get a lot of recruiter emails, normally just ignore them. But for whatever reason that day, uh, that time period, I thought, eh, I'll take a look. And that was really, I wasn't really looking around or interviewing or anything like that, but it came up. There was an opportunity, sounded great. I uh, went and became a controller at a, at a um, mid-sized manufacturing company and thought, eh, give this a shot. And, and, and frankly, really liked that, uh, liked the role. I liked the exposure. I learned a lot. That's kind of a theme for me is, is kind of this challenge, this continuing to learn new things. And um, what I discovered, at least for me, was there was nothing like that challenge in my mind uh, outside of public accounting. I'm certain there is. I I know there is. But as I continued working there and and learning a bit more and kind of getting in the groove, I thought, you know what? I kind of want to go back into public. There was just something about I wasn't running away from from the firm or the industry or anything like that. But it was it was just more of an opportunity I was jumping at and, and seeing if I liked it. And, and again, I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the time there. I learned a lot. I thought it was valuable um, tools that I put in my toolkit uh, when I came back to Plant Moran. Unfortunately, they took me back and um, started back up there again. So I was gone for about a year. It was almost exactly a year from when I left the first time to when I came back. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so so at least it helps solidify your your knowledge that public accounting was a place that you wanted to be and and to get that challenge. That's great. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it was a. It was overall. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it. I, I thought 
you know, of course I'm going to say this, but I came back stronger than I would have been had I just stayed, you know, one year. It was, it was, it was almost like a, you know, study abroad program or something like that in, in college where maybe you take a little time away from the path you were on to gain some additional perspective or to, you know, just to get exposed to something you, you wouldn't quite fully get uh, in, in, the, in that position. So, yeah, I, w- I don't regret it. And, uh, and I also don't regret leaving and, and going back to Plant Moran. Okay, great. So the, to transition a little bit, I, I've, you know, researching you and meeting you and meeting with you a few times and talking to you, I, I get the impression that, you know, personal development is a, is a, a big issue with you and learning and, and becoming better and finding ways to be better. I, I read, and I think I read this in your write-up on when you were listed in that a CPA practice advisors article that you had a, a big occurrence in your life in 2015 that you went to this, uh, what was it called? The AICPA leadership conference academy. 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 Yep. And, and, and I read that that really changed your outlook on, on, on thing. I don't know if it's life or whatever, but I, you want to spend a few minutes uh, explaining what that was and how that affected you. Sure. I'd be happy to. I love, I love talking about uh, this. I would actually say that the, the whole personal development and professional development kick uh, for me was right after I had come back to Plant Miranda, right, right around that time, I, I needed some CPE. So I was you know, working for a year in industry and I had always planned on maintaining the, the, the license, but I fell a year behind on getting some CPE. So I needed a conference. And so I, I just went out to the AICPA. I looked for it any conference I could find where I could get a quick, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours of CPE and found one. It was called the AICPA Edge Conference. And it was designed and, and intended or targeted to young professionals that are just trying to improve themselves in, in all facets. It was not a very technical training, which is something that, you know, made me want to go even more. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but I went there and the energy was... I mean, you could just feel it everywhere you went. In any session you went into, in any sort of cocktail reception, networking hour at the end of the day, you could just feel it. The people there wanted to be there. They wanted to improve. Uh, They wanted to continue to progress in their career. And they were looking for tools and tips and tricks and, and networking opportunities to get there. And so it was there that I met a few people that had told me about this leadership academy. And, oh, you want to continue to progress in your career, you should really check this out. And so I did and applied. You, you have to apply. It's a class of 35 to 40 people from around the country, all, all between the age of 25 and 35 years old. And they take a, just an incredible cross-section of people, of CPAs around the country. They give the statistics for each class. And you know, ours was like perfectly, the average age was 30 right? You know, 25 to 35, the average age was 30. There were, you know, there were 40 people there. 20 of them were in public. 20 of them were, were out of public. Uh, there was people who worked for nonprofits. There were people who worked for governments. There were people who worked for industry. There was just a great mix of people. The diversity, you know, I think there were 20 male, 20 female. It's just, huh. just this really cool environment to grow and I, I didn't really know what to expect going in. Again, I thought, oh, some more CPE and, and uh, you know, maybe I'll learn something along the way. But it was just something that happened there. It was a pretty intensive program. And I'll say that, that 
you know, it started at the beginning of each day with a workout. If you wanted to go and do a workout at like 5.30 or 6 in the morning, and you could go and have breakfast. We all had breakfast together, at least in the same place. And then we went right into our sessions for the day. And um, it was uh, four very long full days uh, in, in the week. And we spent, I would say, equal parts uh, strategy development, learning how to come up with strategy and begin to build kind of tactical alignment towards a common goal. And, and that's what I was expecting. That was the type of thing. Oh, leadership. This is what leaders do, right? They, mm-hmm. they come up with ideas. They coalesce around a, a strategy and they make things happen. That's what leaders do, but w- which was great. And I enjoyed that. I learned, I learned a lot, but it was the other part. So that equal part strategy and then other part introspection, uh, learning more about yourself as a leader, learning more about your strengths, your values, uh, and kind of understanding the, the fact that a, a solid team needs people that share common values, but have different strengths. Mm-hmm. Simple concept, but it just jumped out at me. It was like, man, this is, this is powerful stuff. Like This is actually how you know, businesses or teams or groups, you know, succeed or fail. Um, this is, uh, there's this foundational stuff. And, and before that, I'd never really spent a whole lot of time thinking about development, you know, being intentional about development or, or really even thinking about strength areas. Right. Uh, we, you know, we tend to be uh, a critical profession. Uh, it's our job yep. to be yep. analytical, to identify, potential weaknesses. And so we tend to, tended to be weakness focused, I think, without even trying. And um, this was just an opportunity to, to really say, you know what? I mean, it's not improving our weaknesses that really launches us. It's capitalizing on these strengths and some of these, this understanding of how a team works and how, how you can really grow together. And, and anyways, there was just a lot of powerful things in there. I made some great relationships that I still, you know, talk to these people and not only from my class in 2015, but then also from the, the, the classes before there are reunions that take place. And then subsequent classes, we, we just, it's just a great community because everyone's sort of there wanting the same type of thing. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. It's a, it sounds like a life changing event. It is. Uh, and, and that introspection, I've heard you mention uh, quite a bit and that, that sounds like the key, obviously that you got out of it is, is doing that and those strengths and working together with people that have the like minded. That's, that's awesome. Anything else you want to mention on that or? What I would say is that it, it was a, I would call it a paradigm shift. Right. Okay. So, which, which, which can be very life changing. And it was, you know, I came back and everyone that would listen and those who wouldn't, I would tell them what I learned. I would, I would kind of say, like, you got to hear about this. And, and some people would roll their eyes and, you know, be polite. And, and others were like, wow, that is, that is kind of interesting information. Tell me a little bit more. And so that just put me on this path of continuing to explore these areas and also explore within myself of, of what, what do I really want to do and where will I really thrive and some things like that. So that was a, a big catalyst to some of the things I ended up doing after that. Yeah, well, that's something I'm going to want to expand on in a minute that, you know, deciding where you want to be and what you want to do, because that's an interesting part of your story that I want to get to. But I want to ask one question first. After that, I did see also then you started this 
education program called the Whole Person Project. Was that based on what you learned at the Leadership Academy or what was this? It's funny you mentioned that because that's what I learned from the Leadership Academy. And that's what I was telling everyone who would listen or, or those who wouldn't listen. And I, would, I even went into you know, the firm leadership here in Chicago and, and just said, hey, here's some things that I think could be valuable and beneficial for everyone to hear, or at least, you know, some people that would like to hear about it or, or kind of have a bent toward this development, uh, this development area in, in their, in their life, their work and in personal life. So I put together a little pitch, I call it and say, here's what this, I'll call it a training, but it, it's really more of a workshop. It's pretty intimate. And, and we did a lot of the same sort of learning and discussion that we did in the AICPA Leadership Academy. It was much shorter. It wasn't, you know, four days or anything. But yeah, I ran a few, uh, I ran a pilot session and then we did a few more after that. And we had, you know, eight to 10 people in each session. There was a, there's a series of three events, but really good feedback. We were actually trying to, you know, hone in on at what level is this appropriate? Not that it's it's not a appropriate in the sense that it's wrong or bad or or you know like we're we're unleashing secrets that you're not ready to hear yet it's just a matter of like are you in the life are you in the right stage of life for this to have a deep and meaningful impact and and we and we found that that was it was sort of like this 6 to 10 years of experience or 6 to you know 10 mm. years post college that right. really seemed to be impactful and Lo and behold, that's where I was in, in, in my career when, when I did this. So yeah, it was the, the whole person project was, was, a, was a really fun thing for me. And that was probably the first major step of a few that we're, we're, we're going to get to of me sort of working some of these things out tangibly. So okay. a lot of internal things, a lot of introspection, but this is where I actually took some of that and brought it out and shared it. Shared it. Nice. And, um, yeah. And, and it sort of made me feel alive, right? It's right. Like, this is what I really like to do. And Well, it sounds like you found your, your niche a few times. You found your niche in public accounting. You found your niche in this uh, whole person project type of activity. Um, I'm just wondering this whole, this, this, I'm assuming this whole leadership academy turning into the whole person project kind of changed did this somehow, the activities that you learned in there that you started to put in place, did that somehow lead to the 40 under 40 list and getting on that? I'm intrigued by that whole list and, and how you get on it first or somewhere during the conversation. But is that, do you think that that helped you get to that point? It, it must have. Uh, I'll tell you how you get on it. You pay them a lot of money and they'll, <laughs> and they'll do whatever you want. No, I, that was a surprise to me. You, you get nominated. Uh, there, there are nominations that go out each year for, for that, like a lot of these 40 under 40 or 30 under 30s or you know, these lists that are pulled together. Uh, it was a surprise kind of out of the blue. But to answer your question, a lot of this Leadership Academy, I mean, it all builds upon right. each other. Nothing is... Um, done in a vacuum, so to speak. It's just one thing leads to another, leads to another. And then you sort of look back. I mean, you, you know, we could, I'd like to ask you a few questions on that, but you sort of look back and you, and you can kind of connect those dots, but you have no idea, you know, that you're, you're drawing a line between two dots while you're doing it. Right. 
So yeah, it was the whole person project, but then that led to something even further. So going through some coaching programs within the firm, you know, the the firm is is fantastic in how it cares for its people and it really looks out for for people on their career path and making sure you're, you know, at your highest and best use and and in the right areas. But through some coaching, I ended up meeting with an organizational psychologist and he shared some feedback with me on, on some tests I took. And, uh, and he said, you know what? I mean, you have this creative element in your past. Um, you have, you know, the performing arts and uh, I did improv throughout wow. college. And he's like, you haven't had that for a while. You have with this whole person, right? It kind of right. brought out a little bit of performance, even though it's it's you know just a facilitation frankly but it brought that out and you know he could see that i get excited about those things he's like i i think you should uh, add a few more creative outlets to your life and and then from there it's like okay well what do i do i'm not going to go back and do theater I, I don't have the time and frankly it that was in the past it was fun but you know not not going to try to relaunch that so what could i do and I happened to be listening to a podcast from Tim Ferriss, who was talking about uh, this is how you do a podcast. This is the equipment you buy, and this is how you prepare. And and I listened to it, and I thought and it was again, it's just a timing thing. Uh, happened to be thinking about how do I get some creative uh, juices flowing again, and and so I said oh, I'll just give that a shot. And of course, a couple of the first guests that I wanted to have were the leaders and the facilitators of the AICPA Leadership Academy, Tom Hood and Gretchen Pisano. So they were like the a couple of the first people I called and said, hey, can I'm, I can tell people what you told me, but each time, you know, it's like that telephone game. Each right. time it passes, it dilutes the message a little bit. How about I just get a mic in front of you and you tell them like you told me so others can get inspired. And, and, I, and I have a sense that maybe, you know, those those interviews and that podcast and, and some of the things I was doing on social media at that time probably led to a little bit of attention where someone put in a nomination for me, I guess, for the 40 under 40. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure uh, how, how it happens. When you look actually at the class last year, the 40 under 40, I mean, it's so diverse. I mean, there's nothing that you can really connect and say, oh, well, this is the, right. this is the criteria they're looking at. I think they're just looking for you know people who are doing something a little bit different, a little bit unique in the, in the profession and promoting it and who are proud of it and want to see it, you know, continue to move forward. All right. Well, that, that, that's, that's awesome. I, uh, unfortunately I'm not qualified since I'm over 40 <laughs> and wow. I don't have your, uh, I don't have your, uh, resume probably to add to it, but I, I was very impressed by that. And actually I looked at the list recently and I, I there's a few other people in there that I want to get a hold of cause I'd, I'd love to have a conversation with them. The, I tell you, I'll tell you, uh, uh, you know, out of the list of 40, I've got to be like number 40 of the most, <laughs> I, I just scraped in. I, 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 I I'm not just saying that either. Like these people are doing some really, really cool things. W one thing they do for the, the the 40 that were selected is they hold this symposium where they bring everybody together or everybody who can make it. And it was held in Indianapolis last year. And uh, not all 40 made it, but a lot of people got together and you just begin hearing what they're doing with their practices or what they're doing in their workplace or why they're there, why they're sitting in the room. You hear about that background and you're like, man, I got a lot of work to do. I, I, I just, 
you know, I felt like I was cheating the system a little bit. Um, but people on that list, yeah, I'd call every one of them. They're going to have some really, really good background and uh, stories. And yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, I already identified one that uh, I, I learned that I can get in t- contact with. So right. we'll do that. So transitioning from that then, so you just mentioned about their stories and their diversity and the things they're doing with their firm. When you got this nomination and got this award, you were still at Plant Moran, correct? Yeah. The timing was weird. Um, okay. The timing, I, I think I received notice that I, I was selected and and when I received that, I was planning on departing the firm, uh, taking a new adventure. I, I wasn't entirely sure what that was going to be. So it was the timing was weird. And, and I thought, oh, do I fill out this little you know, questionnaire and say I'm with Plant Moran or not? And, but yeah, so I was technically with Plant Moran. Uh, I went to that symposium, which was after I had left. So it was right around okay. that timing. But, uh, but yeah. That was uh, so that so then you transitioned and and, and I think I, when I met you last fall you you kind of indicated you were figuring out that path you were going down oh, yeah. uh, when leaving and and since I've been able to have lunch with you a few months ago and it sounds like that that path is at least started uh, going and I'm sure there can be a different forks in the road as we go but your firm now I want to talk a little bit about how your philosophy within your firm and and why you started the firm but i, I have a, a a a i know you have a commitment to innovation and i know you've said that not taking status quo as the immediate answer you don't want to do that but i have a a quote that's right from your website that i kind of like that said uh what you're looking to do is change an archaic model to better fit your business so i can you give me an idea of how this innovation and how this change and i i also on your saw on your website and other places where you talk about this disruptive ear disruptive ear am i saying that word right yeah, disruptive <laughs> there you go thank you see i told you i need your help there in the there podcast here uh that's why you're here so um so expand on that and your whole firm philosophy um because i find it really interesting this this innovation that you're you're dealing with and everything yeah so i saw and what i perceived as an opportunity in in the the small firm landscape so for for those listeners who don't know plant moran is a very large firm uh, sometimes these maybe we'll call them second tier firms all the firms you know after the big four right. um are deemed as small it's not the case i mean you know plant moran is a top 10 or top 15 firm all, all while i was there so we're talking one of the biggest firms in in the country and i was very proud of the way that we served our clients and the way that the partners in the leadership would instill certain ways of conducting themselves and conducting ourselves with clients, the the service we deliver, uh, really trying to understand their business and really trying to understand how we might be able to help, not sell, but help them. And I thought, man, I, I had a little bit of exposure to some small, smaller firms. And, and I thought, one, there's an opportunity because of retirements and aging population. There's a lot of firms that were started by by boomers that that are getting out right now. So someone's got to replenish that and serve these businesses. And I thought, well, why can't I take a lot of what Plant Moran did? And I'm not claiming to be uh, that firm, but a lot of those principles and 
elements in that large practice and the way that we just really cared about our, our clients and our people and bring it down, let's say, um, mm -hmm. serve a different cross-section of business and really leverage the crap out of technology. So the whole disruptive piece of it is in almost every walk of life over the past 10 to 15 years, it's changed. Something has changed. There's, a, there's an app for that or there's a, a new way of doing it. I mean, we don't even go to the grocery store anymore to get our groceries. You know, I mean, just even just the simplest things like that. We don't, one of these days, no one's going to own a car and we're just going to call one up whenever we need one and, and, and there will be no one driving it. It'll just come and pick us up and take us where we need to go. I mean, the world is changing. Our profession's changing. Everyone kind of knows that. But, you know, I, I just feel like as, as a profession, we tend to be sort of rules-based and kind of stay between the lines and, and um, not everybody, certainly not everybody, certainly not every firm. In fact, you know, I thought uh, at Plant, they were very progressive on the technology side. I just didn't feel like it was, it was as progressive uh, the smaller you got, right? It was harder to develop the expertise in the areas of new technology with a small practice mm -hmm. because we're practitioners. We, we actually do the work that we're engaged to do versus just sell work and someone else does it, right? right. So, right. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of demands on the time. So I thought, well, gosh, this firm is going to be innovative. And what that means to me, which I think is just kind of this overused buzzword, just like collaboration, but innovative is a mindset. Innovative is this idea of never being satisfied of where you are. Not, not that you can't enjoy it and think, man, this is a good process we have going, but never to, to put a period at the end. It's just sort of like, okay, let's keep our eyes open. Let's you know, continue to scan and survey the environment and, and be knowledgeable of the technologies that are out there that could impact our clients to the good. And, and we can use it as a firm as well to run mm -hmm. our firm more efficiently and, and provide better service. So the, in, the innovation aspect is really this, this idea of, you know, if you work with us, you know, we're going to be thinking, right, as we go forward. Not that, not that others aren't, right. but we're going to be thinking in a way that, hmm, what, what could we do or what could we offer? Who could we introduce you to? I mean, it's not just about us getting more work, but it's really actually providing that value to, to be that whole trusted business advisor and uh, the, the, the firm that people come to and, and our clients come to and can rely that we're going to give them as current of information as we can give them and yeah. uh, they can rely on that. So... No, I think that's great. I think you, I, I, I'm very excited to see where this goes with you and the innovation. I've talked to some other firms and I, I, there's one big firm out there that I talked to that is very, and I'm sure they're more than this, but very into the innovation and very strong. And it's just been so, such a help to them from a time standpoint, uh, work with their clients, but it gives them more time not to do the behind the scenes activity, but spend more time with their clients advising it and all that as well. That's, that is the point, right? And so um, we focus on efficiency and process and you, leveraging technology inside the firm to be able to 
loosen up more time. So, so we could look at that in one of two ways. We could say, well, I can do what, I, what used to take me three hours, I can now do in one hour. That's great. Now I've got two extra hours to sit around and count my money or something, you know, right? Like you could do that. Right. But the way we view it is not, no, no, no. This is, now we've freed up time to serve you better. We can take some of these non-value add services and things that your CPA or your bookkeeper, or your accountant has done in the past and replace that and say, okay, well, we can get some technology and some automation connected to free up some of our time to be able to talk to you more about your business and your strategy and your, maybe some of your marketing plans or, or whatever it might be. And, and it's not an additional charge or an additional project or something like that. So, so it's leveraging this technology has its benefits in efficiency and profitability and things like that from a firm standpoint, but it also allows you to, it gives you some more breathing room to actually do the things that we should be doing as a profession that, that we should be promoting as who we want to be as these right. trusted business advisors, not just right. compliance. No. And I think, you're, I think you're there. I think you're right on, on it. I, I mean, I do, I sp- attend a lot of conferences either you know i speak at a lot of conferences not on innovation but other things but it's a topic at every com- at every conference i'm at ai whatever you know even blockchain these things it's it's a, it, and i'm afraid that, that there's a lot of firms that are not up to speed and i think you starting out that way and building the firm that way i see that the potential is tremendous for you and, and to that end what do you see for the future, I mean, is this? Do you see you being a top 100 firm in 10 years? Is that a goal? Is that even somewhere you want to be? I mean, where do you see this going as a firm? Yeah, so this is going to drive a lot of people crazy, and and sometimes it drives me crazy. But I don't have any goals yeah. right now. Part of this whole journey, I mean, you know, talk about the Journey View podcast and Journey Advisors, right. and yep. we keep talking about that. I mean, the whole the, the, it's named that for a reason. It was me sort of working things out in my own life, in my own professional life, personal life, in my head, doing the introspective stuff to say, like, why do I feel like I have this kind of mild grade fever all the time, where it's doesn't, it's not, I'm not quite at optimal level in life when everything's good, everything's going well. And, and part of it was I just sort of, I focused too much too often on that next place I was headed. So I had my eyes on a destination and I sort of wasn't looking out the windows, you know, to enjoy the view, right? right? To uh, kind of enjoy yep. every, but that's the whole thing. The whole thing is a journey. You're never, you never get somewhere and stop until you die, you know? So it's, yep. um, and so when I say I have no goals, it's, it's not that we're not intentionally trying to achieve certain objectives. It's that we're not going to put ourselves in a box. And I think that speaks to this whole innovation mindset as well and, and the spirit that we try to have in that we're going to kind of, t- you know, we, we have no idea what we're going, what the technology is going to be like, what the profession is going to be right. like five years from now. Right. Uh, let alone, you know, becoming a top 100 firm, you know, just as, as an example, client accounting services are, are, are changing dramatically and bigger firms who have once at one time bagged those services because they either weren't profitable or they were too much of an annoyance or whatever it was have now come back and begun mm-hmm. to even acquire other firms that focus on that because they figured out how to do it. So, if you were to say that five years ago, they would say, ah, you're crazy. You know, we, we, we tried client accounting services and, and you know, it just, 
it wasn't as profitable as tax prep and planning and things like that. So we did, we just don't know. And so we want to grow uh, with a purpose. Uh, we don't ever want to lose certain elements of the of uh, what we're what we're creating. I mean, we've got a blank canvas, right? It's, yeah, right. And it's a wonderful thing to 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 be in that position where we can build and and uh, pivot, you know, and be flexible and adaptable. Well, you you got me pumped up. I think I might have to come and join your firm. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, so I think we're going to need to wrap up. My producers are going to yell at me because I'm going long, but I'm having a great time on this conversation. So I don't want it to stop, but I, I am going to ask one last question. And this is me paying homage to the Journey View podcast, which I've enjoyed listening to. And I've heard you ask this question to a few people, and I don't know oh, if no. anybody's ever asked you this question, so I decided I'm going to ask you. So here we go. This is a Tim Jipping question. In recent memory, what have you removed from your life which has thereby added to your life? Oh, man. You've, been, you've asked question. this. I know. You, you've I had a thought that. about it. What have I removed from my life? <laughs> it's like I've heard the question, just hearing the question for the first time. <laughs> well, just to go back to the last point, probably that that we were talking about, expectations. Like certain, I you know I, I'm human and and still deal with the same sort of insecurities and and you know uh, ego that that everybody does. But just having certain expectations of what I'm supposed to be or what that next step is supposed to look like. Over the past few years, I, I've stripped that away pretty decent. Uh, I, I don't necessarily care a whole lot uh, know how, how I'm perceived in, in certain regards. Of course, I, you know, of course I care uh, what people think. I don't want them to think I'm a big jerk, but kind of stripping away some of those expectations uh, have really added a whole lot of freedom. So what have I taken away? I would say certain level. Uh, another thing too is um, leveraging people who know what they're doing in certain areas and not trying to be all things to all people. So kind of that's an ego thing too. So both of these things are just kind of stripping those uh, insecurities or expectations away so that I can uh, make room for good things to grow. Well, I think I think you are learning a lot of things quicker than most people, and I think that's going to be interesting to see uh, uh, where you go with everything. And 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 I think people listening are going to learn a lot from you today, which I think is awesome. So uh, I'm going to wrap it up with uh, one. If I missed anything, you can let me know. But in addition to that, where can people get a hold of you? Where can people listen to you? Where can people get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Yeah. They can go to journeycpas.com to check out the firm. The podcast is loaded up there. You can email me at tim at journeycpas.com. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, but I've taken a little time off for, for the past eight or nine months. I've had some things going on. So, but that's how you can reach me. I, I do want to say one last thing to you. Congratulations yep. for doing this and to, and to you guys for you know, getting out into that podcast world. It's as, as you'll find, it's not all that difficult to do, but that's kind of like a lot of things, you know, um, we, we build them up in our, in our minds a bit that, Oh man, well, how am I going to go and do that? So I think you guys taking this on, I think one, I mean, it offers a good Avenue to highlight some really interesting stories and, and your own expertise, uh, personally and, and with the firm, but I just congratulate you on getting this going and, uh, I really enjoyed the time. 
Well, I did too, and I appreciate that. It was, uh, uh, like I said before, I, I get out and I speak a lot. It was funny. I got a little nervous before doing my first podcast. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, um, but you really helped me get through this, so I appreciate that. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for joining today. Uh, you can find all the show notes and links for today's episode, as well as more about our sponsor, Trimerit, at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode where we'll be going beyond compliance, foraging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and discussing leading edge management techniques and styles. 